you deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, what's up, what's up, Trey? Back with TJ, another edition of Tigers on Tap. Post-Mississippi State, woof. TJ, that was a a doozy on Saturday. Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great, Bob, indeed. Uh, All right, first things first. Tell me what we got tonight. It is, let me first say this. This is a dark beverage. Yeah, we're going with Crosstown uh, Space Bird. This is a donut. Uh, what is it called again? Donut Stout. I don't. I've never had a donut, donut stout. stout yeah. But uh, don't know what a Space Bird is either. But uh, pretty cool can so far. I think this might yeah, get a definitely cool can. Might get a good score there on the can. But uh, yeah, not sure. Uh, it's definitely dark. Saw that upon the uh, opening. Almost looks like a cold brew kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? It looks like a, a canned cold brew or like a Coke uh, by looking yep, at it. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. 5.2% donut stout. Definitely there's some donuts there on the uh, can and whatever the whatever the heck a space bird is. It's like a dragon or something. I mean, I it, it, yeah, it looks a little uh, looks a little House of Dragon-ish, but also a little bit of like Loch Ness. You see that like neck and stuff in there? Little yeah, I don't Loch, know what that is. A little Loch Ness-ish. But, uh, all right, we'll jump into it. Uh, first, first things first, TJ, I think, owes a uh, public apology. So, TJ, the, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, instead of focusing on me and putting it so much on me, what we should talk about is uh, how Jay Tucker listens to the podcast. I, I think that's the one thing we learned here, right? Uh, I don't know what? if he listens. He said his parents. Somebody, told him, his, but someone listens. Someone Whatever. in the Ducker family. If you're listening, we know that you are. TJ would like to formally apologize. I would like uh, to apologize. What, He's, did, what did you tell me on Saturday? He is faster than I thought. Faster, but than I'm not going to say thought. he's just fast yet. I'm not going to say he's fast yet. I'm going to need to see some consistency. He's like we'll he's there. like quicksand, my guy. You know, you get in quick. It's a little faster than you thought it would be. It starts taking you under a little faster. Jay yeah. Quicksand Ducker, my guy. So, Jay Duck, TJ apologizes. Hey, I never said you were slow. You got what it takes. You got to the end zone 50 yards. Nobody caught you. Keep doing your thing, my man. Um, now, I personally would like to, to apologize for the weather delay. Uh, TJ and I, we were down at the beach with a couple other families, and the wives 
were leaving the dads. The plan was to leave the dads with the children on Saturday night, which was really mm. conflicting with the kickoff time and bedtimes. Um, so we were asking for a weather delay and our wonderful wives decided to switch their uh, girls night. So we actually weren't on dad duty. So the delay was actually pretty unnecessary. Um, so we'll apologize for that. We won't, uh, we won't ask for any other weather delays moving forward, hopefully because, uh, two hours, 15 minutes. I mean, that was brutal. That was brutal. Especially when we got little ones waking us up, uh, five AM. You're not getting to bed till after midnight. So, um, we apologize there for those. Well, let's jump into it. I don't want to really relive it, but, uh, we got to break it down, figure out what we think happened and, um, get through this thing yeah. uh, before we jump into Navy. So want to do a little bit good, bad, ugly, maybe TJ, you want to give me uh let's, I don't want to start with the good. Let's finish with the good. Just give me the ugly first off. Let's just yeah. get the ugly out of the way. Uh, for me, the, the ugly was the offense in the first half, right? You know, we know the first couple of drives are pretty much always scripted, but even the scripted safe throws for Seth weren't really working. Um, they just weren't landing, be it you know, state was getting pressure. Guys weren't making blocks on the outside. Uh, Jet Johnson being a freak, that guy kind of crushed us all night as well. Gosh, it was that, just that hit flat, he put on man. Seth. Yeah, Seth completely illegal. Just oh, smoked yeah, him. A, I mean, it was a great hit. Shout out to Seth, too, for getting up after that. I mean, just bounce right up. But, uh, yeah, man, that first half offensively was ugly. Um, I mean, outside of the very first play, that 12-yard first down to Gabe, I mean, nothing. I think uh, looking back at it, what was it, 28-3 to at half, we had one mm-hmm. first down, which was that very first play, and 29 total yards, I think. State had 28 it's... points. We had 29 total yards. That's not good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's one of the ugliest halves of football that I can remember um, in a long time. But uh, I just, like you said, it, some of it was, I, I, it's it's hard to say. I mean, they were trying a lot of, like, bubble screen stuff, trying to get the ball out of Seth's hands quick, I think, because obviously you're, you probably are expecting pressure and, and don't feel like you maybe match up mm-hmm. as well with an SEC front seven. And so, you, I mean, you don't want Seth out there taking shots uh, week one and, you know, potentially missing a conference game the second week. So I think they were trying to do some things to get the ball out of his hands. But it just, I mean, on the outside, you know, you run a bubble screen and a tight end or a receiver that's supposed to just make a block so the guy can get by and they're not making a block. I mean, it's just never going to work. It, and it was also, I don't know how you felt, but it felt to me like, not only did we script it, but we we handed the script over to state. Like they just, yeah, they like definitely they knew, knew what exactly on, what we were doing. Um, so that was pretty frustrating. I mean, it was just a brutal first half. Um, so you went offense for ugly. I mean, I just say that in general, the whole first half was so ugly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I guess defensively, I'll go defense just so I don't say the same thing, but defensively it was I just felt like state was able to do whatever they wanted which is so frustrating because you know we faced this team last year it's not like they've changed what they're doing you know what they're going to do um they had five possessions in the first half 
scored on four of them, and the one they didn't was the uh, the interception by Q, um, hmm. where we did dial up a little pressure. I think we sent five or six, got the ball out of Will's hands quick, and he made a bad throw that Quindell was able to pick off, which is what we kind of talked about going into this was you can't give Will all day. You got to get him moving, yeah. get him out of the pocket, make the make him make a quick decision, and hopefully you can get some turnovers. Um, so we did see a little bit of that. I will say we did we lined up multiple we gave them a lot of different looks uh it was also nice to see the different calls for different blitzes and sending different guys there were definitely times where we were sending four five six at times it was just we weren't getting to the quarterback um you know in time or there was one where i think zay went up the middle had a good opportunity he was getting to will and he just kind of left his Mm -hmm. feet um, that just gave Will a little bit of time to roll out. And it was, it was yeah. actually the play where um, they hit a deep post route on like a third down, I think. And it looked like Savante was going to jump and maybe pick it off. And uh, they just completed it inside the five. It, it was just that six, five guy came in out of nowhere and just kind of took it away. Duckling, yeah. whatever. Um, so, I, I mean, it gives me hope for the future. It was definitely a different look. It wasn't the typical sending three, dropping eight back and just trying to keep them in front. Um, yeah. I'll say another ugly thing was, well, this may be, we'll jump into bad, bad for me was the freaking tackling. I mean, it was so bad. We had guys out. I mean, it looked like they had never made an open field tackle before. The one that sticks out to me. And I think you probably, you probably are going to know where I'm going with this was, uh, Andrew Jones, redshirt freshman, getting out there due to, I think, Tyler Murray went out mm-hmm. in the first series or right after the first series, very early in the game. Um, and they ran a, they ran one of the a, a typical, you know, set, threw a check down out to the running back. Andrew was out there with him, had an opportunity to drop for, you know, if nothing and no gain, maybe even a one, two-yard loss. And instead of just sizing dude up and blasting him, he dives from five, six yards away at the ankles. All it takes is one sidestep, and it ended up a first down. So you go from, you know, stuffing him at the line of scrimmage or a, a small loss, maybe a yard or two gain to a first down play. And there were a couple other instances where we just we didn't bring a guy down or we were diving instead of just kind of running through the ball carrier and, and making solid tackles. So I, I don't know what – you know, maybe they need to get rid of the the donut dummies where they're doing those tackling drills and really get to hitting each other. Go last. Uh, hopefully, that's some of what they're because I mean, it's going to be you got to put hat on on somebody this week. Everybody's lined up. You got to hit your man every time. We got to be wrapping up, um, or or it's going to be a long day with with Navy getting. You know, when you hit them first at the line of scrimmage, you got to take them down. You can't give them three four yards every single carry and let them bounce off and get an additional because. That's how they're just going to eat up the clock and just march. You know, what was that last year? They had that like 11 minute drive on us. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, bad was the tackling was atrocious. For the bad, I'm going to go with the receivers. Um, I'm pretty sure they're only credited for three drops, but it was really like six. I don't, I don't think they gave priest corn his two drops um, in the stat book, but yeah, you know, Six drops is a lot, and I know that doesn't really mean too much, but it played so much a part of that first half and in some of the drives not being extended that 
uh, very well could have and maybe even led to a score eventually kind of thing. But um, I even think of the deep pass to skates where Seth rips it down the field like 60 yards or something absurd. And the ball is right next to him and he just doesn't catch it. And it's so crazy. It looks like he may have lost the ball maybe. It did kind of look a little bit like, I mean, you and I were like, I mean, freaking lay out for it, right? Like, especially at that point in time, we we just had scored, right? We just made state punt. Um, it would have that would have made it thirty five seventeen, with a couple minutes left in the third. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a perfect throw by any means. Otherwise, it would have just landed straight in the bread basket. But like, it was, it was right a, next to it, him. I mean, it was a catchable ball, and it was a tutty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think the wide receivers are going to have to. St- somebody's got to step up. They're going to have to be better. And like you said, yeah, the stats counted it as three drops, but um, I agree with you. There were several in there that they they were credited with breakups in the stat column, and they were just. I mean, they should have been caught. Um. So yeah, I, I think it was definitely more like six drops. I mean, what Eddie had two that I can think of. Markel had two. I think. Priestcorn had two. Priestcorn had two. Yeah, you know, like, um, so and, and maybe that's just, you know, one of them we talked about. I think Eddie definitely heard footsteps on that post across the middle. Yeah, um, I mean, but that's still that's not an excuse, right? Make the catch, take the hit, and it's a first down for you know it was twenty yards probably. But um, thinking the, back to uh, the fall camp, you know. People are asking Cramsey about skates, you know, say, what's how's Joe Skates doing? How's he looking? And, he, you know, he complimented him. He said he's a big, fast body, but he's got some stuff to work on. And maybe that's what it was, ball tracking or uh, just hands in general. Maybe that's kind of what he was telling us without, you know, telling maybe, us. Maybe effort? I don't know. Effort, yeah. But we don't know. We can't say, you know, maybe he did lose it and that's what, what happened. But uh, I would have really liked to have seen that that tutty right there but uh no i and a li- another thing that was a little frustrating for me at least as we were getting in these third down situations third and five third and seven and we weren't even getting to the stick you know we were we were yeah. throwing like a five yard drag route or something like you know expecting a guy with somewhat a defender right on it to make a catch break a tackle and get the first like let's at least uh let's at least try to get to the stick right I mean that was frustrating mm. for me at least. All right, Trey, what's your uh what's the good? What's the good we can take out of this one? I mean, I don't there there wasn't it's tough, right? Especially in a game like that, 49-23. We didn't quit. Um I mean, if you're just looking at it and you want to look at box score, you got you got outscored 28 to 3 in the first half. Second half you matched them touchdown for touchdown. And I know some people have said things like, well, yeah, that's what's going to happen when the offense is against the third string. And I'll tell you, State did not ever have their third string on the field. I mean, late into the fourth on all of our scoring drives, um, you know, they had starters and two deep out there the whole time. I mean, you had Tyus Wheat, you had Nathaniel Watson, you had Jet Johnson, uh, Jalen Green, um, I mean, their starting defense was was out there the entire time. Their their starting offense was out there. They may have mixed a guy in here or there, a young guy, but um, I mean, I, I'll give credit to the team for continuing to fight. And like we talked about, that Joe Skates pass, if he completes that at that point at thirty five seventeen, and the very next drive, and I'm not saying 
we would have won the game by any means. I'm not saying that this would have unfolded the same exact way, but he catches that. The next drive is, you know, Andrew Jones makes two incredible reads. I think they were even back-to-back plays, right, where he he read the short pass. The first one, he just didn't look and missed it. It went for a big completion inside the five, right? The second one, he read perfectly, got a hand on it, ended up being a backwards pass, Mm -hmm. and State stopped on the play, right? If he, I mean, he had all the time in the world to just nonchalantly pick the ball up, and it's a scoop and score. And if he does that, it's 35-24, and you still have 14 minutes in the fourth. And again, I'm not saying that we would have won, but at that point in time, you've stopped State three times defensively. You've scored three on the last four drives you've had offensively, um, and you're only down 11. So now, again, the defense looked putrid, and State basically did what they wanted to all night long. But at that point in time, it was it could have been a different ball game for sure. So I, yeah, I would say second half for me, if you can call it good, it was good. Just the simple fact of you match State in the second half. And it's not even that you're, you know, at that point in the game, you weren't trying to win necessarily just because you were down by so much. You were trying to look competent, right? You, you're trying to look like, yeah. hey, we, we can at least hang with these guys because for a vast majority of that game, it didn't seem like you could. And statistically, it showed that you couldn't, right? I mean, I don't remember the exact drives, but I think you touched on it earlier. In the first quarter, we had, what, 16 yards? Second was 13 yards. And then you get into the third quarter and you got up to 116. So that's good. Um, you know, it just, you can see there was progression and, and the guys kind of picked up comfort as they were going on. And it, one thing I do want to clear up, and I know you're fully on board here, is that State still had their starters in the entire time. It wasn't like you were doing this against mop up minutes, guys, right? Chad Johnson was in on those final plays. Yeah. Emerson was in on these final plays. Like, it wasn't like you were doing this against their secondary. Uh, you know, were they being as aggressive? Maybe not. Maybe they're playing more of a base defense, but you were still hanging up yards on them, right? So I, it is kind of frustrating to hear people say that. That uh, you know, say to giving up. That's the only reason you move the box. That's just you can see that's not how it was working. So yeah. What uh, what was your good? Um, my good. I'm gonna go. I think you can go a couple routes here, right? Special teams look good. Um, I mean, you know, we yeah. we made our extra points. <laughs> I think we made any, a field goal. Anything compared to last year is considered good. You make right? what, you make I, a kick. Joe Doyle was punting well. Um, Gabe, I would say, yeah. had some decent returns. Uh, yeah, Gabe was fine. I mean, he averaged a little over twenty yards per carry. He leaves his feet a lot, and I know you and I have talked about this that he kind of maybe doesn't catch it and go full throttle, right? He catches it and kind of putters around for a quick second and then tries to figure out where he's going to go as opposed to just going. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I think, in my opinion, made Tony so good at what he was doing, right? Is, I mean, he he received the kick and he was zero to 100 immediately. And he just trusted that the hole was going to open or he found it. He wasn't... uh he wasn't waiting for the hole to open to turn the Jets on. And I think that's yeah. what you got to do, right? Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like maybe special teams was a cop out just because 
it looked good because they were better than they were last year, right? So my actual good, I think I'm going to go with the offensive line. And I think that may bother some people. But if you look at it, we only allowed one sack. uh, And I think only one registered hurry on Seth. Yeah. And that, so, I mean, sack, that's, that sack was the very first series of the game too. They never, uh, they never yeah. got to him again after that first series. And, and I mean, the offensive line did decently well against yeah. an experienced, talented SEC defensive line. Yeah, they uh, had an injury, and so they pulled an X man up, moved some guys around, and guess what? The offensive line was still good. It was still kind of arguably a, a better, well oiled machine that second half, right? Davion yeah. Carter went into right guard. Yeah, uh, Myers went shout to out left to, tackle. Shout out to Davion on that uh, that Ducker Tutty too. He that Ducker a, run, yeah, opened up the whole good seal block there. So, um, no, I agree with you. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say they. It was just a dynamite performance from the O line, but I think no, they did but, what they needed to do. And obviously, we we mentioned it. Like the staff was doing some things to get the pocket moving, to get the ball out of Seth's hands quicker. So yeah. that's obviously going to show up as. You know, it's going to be much more difficult for State to get any hurries or or sacks when uh, when we're able to get rid of the ball quickly. But, um, I mean, I, I think you would agree with me. That's probably the most physical, deepest front seven. Oh, without gonna, a doubt. We're going to see the entire season. So for the, the line to be able to hold up um, and, and do what they were able to do, I think is encouraging moving forward. So um, as long yeah, as they can stay healthy, um, I, I think that – we should be fine in that area. It's probably the the most talented defensive line, the most talented wide receiver group, probably the most talented quarterback, most talented offensive line. Like it, when you look back on it, like, yeah, it was kind of ugly at 49, 23. Um, it could have been closer, but it wasn't. But I mean, that's going to be one of the better teams you face all year. Yes. They may, their record may say they're six and seven or whatever it's going to be, but that six and seven is comparatively different than Houston going 11 and two or, you know, whatever it's going to be. Right. You're not comparing apples to oranges They're there. Not so going 11 and two, they're I fraudulent. Know, I know. I'm just naming a, I'm just naming a team at that point. Um, let me ask you this. Are you, you know, we talked about the DBs heading into the season, right? We'd heard from the staff. They felt like it was the deepest room it has been since they've been there. We, you know, we knew, I think that Greg had a, one side locked down. Um, I would, he had a rough night. He had several penalties called. Although I will say that first holding call they called on him. If you go back and watch my guy was, yeah. What? <laughs> no, go ahead. I mean, my guy wasn't even covering anybody yet, so I don't know who he was holding. Maybe they called it incorrectly, yeah. but, uh, I mean, I just, are, are you concerned at all? I guess. I mean, it felt like there were times when we had guys in spots to make plays and they just didn't make the play. It wasn't like, I mean, there were definitely obviously a couple long tutties that they got behind us over the top. Um, but how concerned are you about the DBs? I mean, not, not concerned at all. I mean, I, I still stand confident with them. I mean, again, that's going to be the best secondary or the best wide receiver group that you play, right? This isn't anything new. This is a, a State's going to be a top five passing offense. They were last year. They probably will be again this year. Yeah. So in terms of 
you looking at it, well, they pass for, I don't even know the exact amount of yards they pass on like 500 yards, 450. 450. Yeah, they had yeah, four, they, 415 last year, 450 this year. Yeah, they pass for 450 on you. Okay, well, they're going to pass for 400 yards on other teams. I mean, they put up 300 on Alabama last year. Are we, are we accepting that we're 150 yards worse than Alabama? Like, I don't know how you want to look at that, but it, it doesn't matter who you are. They hung yards on on uh, Texas A&M. They hung a lot of yards on Arkansas. These are talented teams, top-ranked teams, and they were hanging points and yards on them last year. So, yeah, you know, it kind of is what it is. They're going to make a lot of secondaries look bad. Um, it's just kind of how the offense works, right? I think it's how, where you go from here, you know. Obviously, against Navy, our secondary is probably going to look pretty good, hopefully. Um, Although but they how did, you compare. They, Navy did throw the ball a little bit last week. I they mean, did. Granted, they got granted, real weird with that. Granted, they were down, so they were having to throw, I think. But, uh, I mean, they – Well, yeah. It's, it's those more passing teams that you want to yeah. see um, – kind of how your secondary looks against, right? Like SMU, big passing team. Uh, Houston will sling it around. East Carolina can sling it around. Um, I don't know what Temple's going to do with the new coach, probably run it more. But uh, UCF, it you want to see it against that kind of t- talent. Not yeah. Don't try to compare yourself to the SEC-level talent. I know that's where we want to be, but you're not at that level yet, yeah. right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of it, too, was like you said us maybe me myself not giving state enough credit heading into it i mean their wide receivers are much better than i was anticipating obviously we looked at it heading in and they just it was more of an unknown right they were just kind of unproven um you know like Ra Ra thomas guys like that i think a couple of them had combined for like 30 catches coming in till to saturday night so it was just more of an unknown of like are these guys going to be able to step up and, and produce? Um, and, and some of that too is those those freaking checkdowns that State has, right? And it, I got, I was getting so frustrated because it felt like, you know, when we did have coverage, we don't have anybody lined up with the running back that's kind of dropping out into the flats, and they're just anticipating our linebackers or a DB coming up and making the tackle right after the catch. But like, like we talked about, the tackling wasn't there, and I would have much preferred to see you know, Zay or Jeff or somebody kind of manned up on that check down back and right there as the ball was thrown as opposed to anticipating them catching and then going to make a play. Because a lot of those that should have been a 1-2 no-yard gain ended up being, like we said, 9, 10, 11, 12 yards because we weren't we weren't getting there in time and making the tackle. So that all adds up yeah. too. But. I would say a lot of that is on um, the quarterback, right? Because it's kind of like a two-man snag game, for the lack of better words. And the linebackers are typically stay, watching the running back and kind of covering an area at the same time. Yeah. Once that running back runs out and he kind of out-leverages where the linebacker can get to, it just becomes like a, a dump it off to him because you're automatically going to pick up yards, right? Yeah. So it, they're just reading what that one linebacker is doing. If he stays and covers the flats or that little zone right there, then they're going to throw it to the the, the running back in the flats. If yeah. the running or linebacker comes and approaches the running back, then that slant is now open. So it, they're just going to pick on you no matter what. So yeah. kind of is what it is, unfortunately. I also just, I mean, they didn't have a single drop. It that's and we talked no, about that. We talked all. about raining would play favor for us, and we were just completely wrong. Shame on us. 
but I I saw I think it was Pro Football Focus tweeted something out about State um, was the only team to have I want to say it was twelve different receiving yeah they had twelve guys catch a pass and not a single drop the whole night which is incredibly impressive. Let me ask you this: of their four hundred and fifty on the nose passing yards, how many of those were yards after contact? This is this was actually that I just saw this. How many were yards after contact? Yeah. A lot. Uh, 180. <laughs> 256 200? yards after Jeez. contact. That tells you how pathetic the tackling Jeez. was. A lot of that's where they're running back there, right? I mean, it's pretty... Yeah. Dylan Johnson had 58... Well, I mean, Ra Ra Thomas had 71 after contact, Yikes. which is concerning. I mean, he's a little dude. Should be able to get him down to the ground. But, uh. Is that Ra Ra or Rufus Thomas? Get out of here. <laughs> Rufus, Rufus Harvey. He only had 13 after the catch. Not bad. Um. Anything else from state that you can think of before we jump over into Navy? Or anything we didn't cover? Uh, I mean, nothing that's not repetitive, right? You just yeah. you can't come back looking like that against any other team. So yeah. it's about growth and moving forward from here on out. And I, I think you kind of alluded to it. It was just, it almost was a recipe for the perfect storm. I mean, we didn't see it coming. Uh, really, I mean, we didn't. We both had this marked as a loss. I think we did not see this being a win. I know in the preview episode I got hyped, and that's just the fan in me thinking we we can win and hoping we win every game. But um, realistically, I did not see us winning this game. I did want it to be close, and I wanted it to look a lot better than when I'm watching at 11:30 at night and it's 38 or 35 to three. But um, I think it it was just a states at a much more polished spot when they were in week one than we were right like they're an older team which i know people don't want to hear anything about the youth but it's true we had josh hastings cam smith on the defensive side Carmonte hamilton like all making their very first start on the road at an sec school and state returned a lot of guys so i think it was just kind of a recipe given that the youth of the team and some of those guys out there, and then two new coordinators on the road, first time SEC opponent. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like if we had had kind of a, a gimme by game week one or two, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like a nickel state and then an Arkansas state, kind of similar to last year, it would have I'm not saying yeah, we would have won, like but I think it, I think it would have been a, a different look. I don't think we would have come out that flat. I don't think we would have looked as bad as we did in the first half for sure so i don't anticipating us coming out and looking like that again i think you're going to see a much more focused a team that executes much better this saturday um i mean we've heard it all week we've kind of heard it all through fall camp of how much they've they've put into kind of focusing on navy and the time that they've spent you know prepping for saturday It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. 
Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. that i guess we'll jump into navy uh 2 30 kickoff central time in annapolis uh this will be the eighth matchup memphis currently leading the series four to three we've won three straight no yeah we've won three straight um including, including last year in simmons bank uh we've only won once up there that was uh the 2020 year Went up there and won, won ten to seven. Um, I think the line currently right now is it's been kind of bouncing around. Yeah, I want to say on Fanduel it's minus five and a half. Which I mean, I know I said this last week and I was absolutely wrong, but I mean that just seems disrespectful. <laughs> I mean they just lost to the freaking Blue Hens. And they lost by seven to the Blue Hens. You think we're only going to go up there and win by five and a half? I don't know. I mean, maybe I shouldn't do it, but I'm hammering us again. I know there's people out there that are taking the midshipmen, but I just, as a Tiger fan, I can't, uh, I can't bet against my squad. I just can't do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think Memphis actually comes out firing pretty hot on offense, right? I, I think what you and this isn't I'm not saying anything inspiring or groundbreaking here but I think Memphis is going to come out and try to score as quickly as possible and kind of make Navy change the way they do things right the moment they get down they're running the ball consistently over and over and over it's not going to help them you know so they're going to have to uh change the way that they do things and you're going to see Ty Lavatai have to uh Throw it a little more than he's used to. I mean, what, 5 of 13 last game? That's a lot yeah, for Navy. 13, 13 attempts. Yeah, I mean, this just isn't – I watched um, I watched highlights. I watched quickly, kind of sped through the game a little bit just to, to see what I could see. But, I mean, this isn't your typical Navy team. They just – yeah. They didn't look nearly as po- – which we've we've talked about. We talked about in the, the preseason preview, like – the last several years, Navy has been pretty bad early in the season. Niamatololo gets them kind of turned around towards the end of the year. Um, so I definitely think it's beneficial for us to be playing them week two. But, I mean, man, they struggled. 
with yeah, the uh, the mighty fighting blue hens of Delaware. 14-7 final, but they fumbled maybe fumbled the ball four times, lost three of them, oh, and it three. wasn't it wasn't even one of them was like somebody got a, a hat on the ball. The other two were just straight up, not even really pressure in the backfield or anything. It was just Lavatai sticking it in the fullback's gut and on the you know him him pulling it out to keep like they just dropped the ball. Um, mm-hmm. So it just definitely seems like, and I, I think part of that is they didn't return a single back from last year. I think all of their H, all the backs graduated. And so this is, you know, a group that just doesn't have a lot of, a lot of reps and it's going to take them a little bit of time to get comfortable in live situation out there on, on the field. But um, they just, they don't look like a typical Niamatololo team. Like they also had six penalties last week, which is, I mean, they're notorious, Notorious for being a super disciplined team. I think for several years they like led the nation in fewest penalties and fewest penalty yards. But uh, I mean they were even with Delaware last week in six penalties for sixty yards. So um, I just I think that the Tigers should absolutely dominate this game. I think they're the better team by far. Um, I think it's a, a really good opportunity for them to come out and pun intended right the ship and and kind of go on a little bit of a streak here as you uh you you go into your homestand starting next week but what do you, i mean when you're looking at this what are some of the matchups that you're you know that we need to be looking at or that you think the tigers can take advantage of uh the matchup they should take advantage of is going to be our wide receivers versus their secondary i didn't think Navy's secondary looked good at all I mean, they were getting torched by dudes you've never even heard of at times. Yeah. Like the I, only guy, he only had 189 passing yards, Henderson, the Delaware quarterback. But, I mean, think about that one play where he just ripped, he's like running to his left and just rips it down the sideline yeah, to a guy a, wide open. Yeah, for a tutty. Yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say is this is definitely an opportunity for a complete 180 for the wideouts. I think yeah. I think you were going to have multiple opportunities to go over the top, beat them deep. I do not think they have the speed or athleticism to match up with the Joe Skates or, um, you know, a Gabe Rogers going deep. I think as long as we can, you know, if there was anything from them that looked good last week, I would say it was definitely their front seven. So their D-line and linebackers, I think, had a pretty good game. And part of the reason I think uh, – Delaware only had like 180, what'd you say? 189. Yeah. 189 was, yeah, they were getting pressure on, on Delaware's quarterback. Um, you know, if you look at it from a defensive standpoint, I mean, they had five QB hurries, four pass breakups. Um, they sacked, uh, the blue hen quarterback five times. So, I mean, Navy's front seven was getting pressure. So as long as, you know, we talked about it. If we were able to kind of keep Seth clean against State, you would think against a Navy front seven who were typically a little smaller, um, you should be able to kind of keep keep Seth uh, upright and, and give him time to make some plays. And if they're able to do that, I, I think – I don't see any reason why the offense and the receivers shouldn't have a uh, kind of a turnaround, turnaround game. 
Yeah, I'm also super interested to see how the defense is going to handle things, right? We just had a game versus Mississippi State um, where, oh, what's his name? Um, Jalen Allen had a really good game. It started off kind of rough, but he ended up finishing off pretty good. Jalen Allen kind of plays more of like a, a rush end type of yeah. position, which is not, you know, unnecessary against someone like Navy because you still need his athleticism out there. But I'm curious to see how they may adjust and go to a true four man, um, like a big body defensive front with like Wardalis, um, Cy Brockington, Cam Jackson, and Cormonte. Like having yeah. like a full big bodied man at four yeah. down and maybe rotating in Davy and Mayo, you know, as one of those kind of a bigger, heavier linebackers in the middle to kind of take on a fullback kind of situation. I'm curious to see how that changes and kind of what the game plan is there. You mentioned, dude, I, I really think that this is a game that freaking Cam can just eat all day long. I think his size, um, and as for as big as he is, his athleticism is going to give yeah. Navy's offensive line trouble. Uh, I mean, there were, there were times watching that that Navy Delaware film where Delaware's defensive line. There was one play in particular I'm thinking of where their entire defensive line just blew up the Navy off. I mean, pushed the, the entire line back straight into uh, Labatai and just blew the play up. So you know, I, I think Navy's probably going to struggle with the size and athleticism of our defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, obviously we talk about it. You hear it all the time. You got to be disciplined. It's assignment football. At times, it can be boring to go and hit the same guy over and over. But I mean, like our linebackers, it's going to be crucial for them to be manned up and matching up with with the back that they're lined up on. Um, and we didn't touch on this, but there were a couple injuries that we need to kind of keep an eye out on. I think they're all listed as day to day. I'm hoping they're back. But one crucial one for me would be Tyler Murray. Um, I think he would. He's just a vital piece to to what the the defense is is trying to do and what the mm-hmm. success of them could be against this triple option defense. Um, I mean, are you going to be worried at all if, if we don't see Tyler suited up out there on Saturday? No, and I wonder, given how it, we saw Smoke Jones tackling the other night. <laughs> no, it, there could be a. You know, I'm not sure if it was concussion or shoulder. We kind of heard both kind of things going around with with uh, Murray, but there's also no sense in rushing him back if it is a shoulder, right? Andrew Jones was capable. You know, he got better as the game went on. I think it was For kind sure. of just jitters. For sure. Um, you know, there's some things they can do to kind of shake some stuff up there um, to kind of balance that out. If Murray can't go, that, that stinks because I want Murray on the field every chance we can get. I think he is that talented but I think where he shines truly is against passing teams. So it probably would have been really nice to have him out there uh, last week as well. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think they'll be fine if he can't make it. Sure. Um, anything Navy defensively that's that sticks out to you um, that we need to be watching out for? Yeah, you've, you kind of already pointed it out. Their defensive line looked pretty good, actually. They were uh, they were getting in the backfield a lot. I mean, they had a I don't even remember the number. It was more than ten tackles for loss. Like, I don't yeah, even know had, how you do they that. They had twelve total tackles for a loss. Yeah, that's uh, wild. Yeah, their linebacker. Uh, they've got a couple linebackers that are really good. Um, you know that I think could could 
could give us some trouble. John Marshall, a senior linebacker, hit three and a half tackles for a loss. Um, two sacks, seven total tackles. Um, and then Colin Ramos, nine total tackles, six solo, one TFL, mm-hmm. forced fumble. So their linebackers seem to be pretty good. Um, one D, D lineman for them, number 90, I've heard a little bit about. I've just seen some things on Twitter and stuff. Donald Bernard, so maybe keep an eye out for old uh, DB Jr. out there on the defensive line. But um, I, I I think, too, this is uh, offensively, and we saw it a little bit with State and have success in it. I think this could be a, a, a game where we see, you know, passes to Ducker, Asa if he's not in the doghouse, um, and really exploiting those mismatches and, and finding success yeah. with some, some passes and wheel routes to the running backs. Um, but I, I think that this is a total turnaround game, and I, I think we come out Saturday and we look like a totally different team. I mean, I think you almost have to, right? To me... You have to, yeah. This is... It's got to be a... I mean, 14 at the minimum, 17 point win, I would say. Three scores is what I want to see at minimum. If we go out there and we win another 10 to 7. No. I mean, I want every win. You win every game by one. You're still 11 and 1. But, like, going out to Annapolis and winning 10 7 or 13 9 or something is not going to make me feel any better coming out of, you know, as I've felt coming out of the state game. So I, I do think you see a different team. I think we look a lot different. Um, hopefully, stay healthy. Uh, I mean, I'm just not, like I said, I mentioned it earlier, this is not a typical Niamatalulu team that doesn't look. And my, my buddy's a big, my buddy Matthew's a big uh, Navy fan. His dad went to the academy. They're huge Navy football fans. Texted me earlier and just said Niamatalulu's lost his touch, which is crazy to me. Like, he's been there 30, he's been, I think, head coach since, what, 07? But he's been, he was a assistant before that. He's been there like 30 years and uh, mm-hmm. he's been so successful. I think he's only had three sub-500 seasons. But, uh, you know, even the, the the cadets are turning on our boy Ken. So let me ask you this. Is the, the coach that loses this game officially on the hot seat? Like it's burning hot? Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Either way, it doesn't matter. Either, either Ken, way. Either Ken or Ryan. Whoever... <laughs> This is a crucial game for both of them. This should be the hot seat rivalry going forward. Yeah, because you have to think if if Navy loses this one, what does that put uh, Nia Montalolo in the last three years? Like five, seven wins? Yeah. Seven? Yeah, seven wins in the last three years. But if he beats Army. It's not good, Bob. That's all they Do care it? about. I said, but if he beats Army, that's all they care about, right? No, you got to be better than that, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The Commander's Cup is pretty important. We've already talked about, you know, I'm not, I come off as a Ryan Homer, right? And I think it is more so that I'm just not trying to find every reason to fire him like other people may, right? But if you lose to Navy, that's a team that is, by all means, lesser than you in terms of talent, in terms of um, what they have to recruit players and things like that. It's just there's no reason you should lose that game. Uh, Keenan Reynolds, no, absolutely um, no reason. Keenan Reynolds, Mar- Malcolm Perry are not walking through that door. 
freaking Zach. Uh, what was Abby, his name? Abby, Zach, Abby, Abby. Yeah, yeah that dude. guy's not even walking through your door. Yeah. What was the linebacker's name? He's not even there. Fargo. Diego. Diego. Fargo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that guy's gone too. Thankfully. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, we better just beat that Navy. Their booty cheeks. We better. They are a cheek team. I'm. Are you ready to score predict? Yeah, let's get it going. I'm going 38-13 Tigs. Big turnaround. 38-13, okay. Actually, hold on. Let me. I don't know. They may not be kicking field goals because their kicker, their starting kicker had a groin injury last week, and the dude they sent out there kicked his <laughs> first ever field goal attempt. And he shanked from, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was – I didn't know a ball could rotate like that when you kicked it. Uh, what I say, thirty-eight, thirteen. Yeah, I'll stick with thirty-eight, thirteen, and they get thirteen because they miss a PAT. I've changed my score a couple times. I'm gonna say Na- Tigers win, but I'm gonna say Navy will score twenty-one. I expect them to break a big run late in the game for sure. A but big the Tigers will- late in the game. If we're they're gonna be throwing that thing. No, I don't want that. Freaking Ruben's going to get beat again. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm going to say I'm back and forth between 35-21 or 42-21. I tell you, 35-21 doesn't make me feel any better. What do you mean? I mean, they get, we need to destroy this team. They have the ball for 99% of the game. Not when they can't even hand it off. They fumble it every time they try to... Freaking do a fullback fake out. <laughs> if we don't have, I mean, if an FCS team can get three fumble recoveries, shoot. I will say that was a, a, uh, kind of a little bit of a bright spot against state, not to go back to that game, but two turnovers was nice. Something they've kind of emphasized and preached that they're going to try to get more takeaways. So, all right, anything. We won that turnover battle, right? Yeah. Yeah. We only had the one uh the one ace of fumble on the last drive of the game. I haven't I technically haven't given my score and I'm still trying to figure out if I want to go 35-21, because that sounds disrespectful. Like it doesn't sound like Memphis is doing too hot, right? Um, but I don't think we've ever scored higher than 35 on them, so I'm going to go 35-21 final. Dang. All right. So 38-13 and 35-21. Any final thoughts on uh, on the matchup or anything you thought of about State before we jump to this space bird? No, I want to win the game. That's all I really care about. I don't want Seth to look like Seth. I want us to run the ball out well I don't care who it is one of the 16 running backs we have I don't I don't care just want to show that we look like a competent team again absolutely absolutely hopefully we come back next week and you and I are not hashtag all out and we are still <laughs> hashtag for AI um all right this space bird dude the can I like the can the can's it's okay a, yeah it gives uh it's a little theme with the House of Dragons starting a couple of weeks ago on HBO. Um, I lo- I like the donut 
it's in there. I'm not really sure. I guess that's like the moon, the space, those like kind of mountain. Mm. Um, okay. It's colorful. All those donut colors. It's colorful. Can rating, I'm going to go, I mean, it's not the best can I've ever seen. I'll go like a 6.5 on the can. Okay. That's higher than me. I was I was going to go maybe a 6.3. I do like the donuts on there. The bird, I don't really understand the bird. I don't understand that whole concept, but there's a lot of colors going on. I can work with that. Six three. All right. Uh, it was dark, indeed. I mean, it's. I didn't hate it. It's by dark, any but means. it's not bad. Yeah, it's. I don't I think mean, it's that heavy. Yeah, it's not terribly heavy. I mean, I don't know that I'm packing these up to tailgate with. It's Absolutely definitely like uh It's like an after dinner beer. And I'm probably only drinking the one space bird, but. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it for a donut. I mean, have, never having had a donut stout or even hearing of a donut stout. I mean, it yeah, was, I still don't really know what it is. It was good. I mean, I'm going to go uh, 6.9. Oh, dang. I mean, it's not bad, but you- I'm not. I mean, I, I don't. I just can't go in the sevens. I feel like I'm drinking more than one. Eights are a great beer, and it's just not a great beer. And I just don't know that and I'm drinking more than one of these, probably. I mean, no, I would, I, I would I drink this again, but I'm not. You know, I'm not dying to have another one. Yeah. It's like chocolatey. Does that make sense? I mean, it like certainly a, certainly looks like chocolate or syrup. I, I was going to go six, nine, but I'm going to go six, eight. I do think it's good. I'm with you. I don't, I wouldn't want to drink multiple of these, but like if I was sitting by like a fire pit or something, mm, like I, maybe this that's like a good fit for that. That may be what it is. Maybe it's just not it's like, like it's not cold enough yet outside. See, I'm in, I'm still yeah. in this like, give me a super refreshing because it's hot. I just need like a refresh. Yeah. I mean, and this was good. It just wasn't like refreshing. Maybe we need to try this one again during basketball season. Yeah, this is like chocolatey coffee beer. Yeah, right. There you go. That's the vibe I get. There you go. All right. Uh, you, oh, let's uh, let's do game ball. Let's do game ball predictions real quick. Oh. Kenny's gonna be so mad when we freaking he finds out we dipped into his stuff. Offense, I'm, I'm going. Say, offense, I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Jay. No, he just got one. Damn it. Eddie Lewis has a turnaround game. Well, yeah, we. Eddie Lewis had freaking eight targets in the state game, and the next closest person was a running back in five. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say game ball is gonna be Seth. I think Seth's gonna freaking just toast these fools. Oh. Easy way out. All right. It is an easy way out, but he Def- needs it after that last one. Defense, I'm going Cam. I think he's going to have a heck of a day. I don't think Navy's going to be able to block him. I'm going to go our boy GCA, Jeff Canton, our coup. Ooh, I like that. Well, dark horse playing right in the middle. There you go. All right. For TJ, this is Trey. We're out. Hopefully, next week we're back with a big dub from the Tigs. Come with the cold beer. Stay for the hot takes. Peace. Thank you for listening to Tigers on Tap. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletic Program, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. New articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for VIP.
This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. 